Hello and welcome to another episode of Chris Talks Music. I'm your host Chris Hallam and today I'll be speaking to Jan Wilkinson from the English alternative rock band Sea Power who were previously known as British Sea Power before they decided to drop the British part of their band title something which we'll get into over the course of this conversation. They've recently released the album Everything Was Forever, a constructive and hopeful and defiant record that rails against horrible, negative, insular points of view. Cue the dropping of the British part of their name. Their recent single, Two Fingers, it could be seen as a contemptuous, angry V-sign at the world, or it could be something that signifies peace and hope. We'll leave that one up to you. So before we get into our conversation with Jan, I'm going to play the part of the song, Two Fingers. Take a listen. Hope you enjoy it. I was outside. It's a sunny day for changes, isn't it? And I've been stuck inside doing jobs all day. It's looking at it. Yeah, it's kind of just lingering outside, just um, mocking us, isn't it? It's um, I'm kind of opening the blinds to kind of make myself feel better, but it's just there, just going. You can't (laughs) come outside. You've got to stay inside. Get in there and do your work. So, Jan, sea power, um, obviously. Formerly known as British Sea Power, and you decided to separate yourself from the British element um, to kind of cut ties to any connotations that people may want to associate yourselves with, uh, or otherwise, really. I mean, because everyone loves to weaponize something for something else, don't they? And then kind of twist it in a variety of different ways. That's the thing, yeah. I mean, that's the thing these days. We've been. We've been around for a while now because I guess it's about 20, 20 years, 21 years the band's been going, which is, you know, it's a it's a long, long time in rock years. It is. Uh, many bands make that. We didn't, we've not even split up and got back together again yet. So, um, I mean, why don't you just do it for two weeks or something just for like giggles? <laughs> then kind of, do, yeah, we've done the breakup. Now we've reformed and we're revitalized and re-energized and we're coming back at it with a new approach. But just do the same thing again, anyways, because that's what they all do, isn't it? Well, I think we've missed our chance. <laughs> we had a five-year break between our last album and our newest one. That's the longest we've ever gone before, and uh, I think that was the time to do it. If you're going to do it, if you're going to have a some kind of ish, you know, some kind of issue. 
go to rehab or something, make full out wee band mates, then get back together. That was the time to do it. But um, yeah, we've not gone for that. We've just stayed friends. Yeah, I think sometimes a break is healthy as well, though, isn't it? You don't really need a reason other than to kind of just go, well, we just we just took a break because we, we wanted to. And and that's that's that, really. I mean, a lot's gone on, hasn't it, in the five years? Yeah, I mean, I mean, God, yeah. I mean, a lot's gone on since we <laughs> put our album out. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that what three, four weeks ago, three weeks ago. I mean, there's another another war started since then, um, and then COVID's back again in lots of parts of the world all of a sudden. And, I don't think yeah. it ever really left though, did it? I think people. It didn't. Collectively- but we sort of. It was a sort of illusionary bubble for a while, maybe in this country, where people pretended it had gone away. That could be the name of your next album, the illusionary bubble. But um, yeah. yeah, it's um, been a weird one. How have you found it? Have you have you coped during it? How has it impacted you personally and as a, a band, really? Uh, I don't know. It's a mix. It's one of those, isn't it? Well, it's not, you know, it's generally pretty depressing and uh, slightly grueling on the mind. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, people get ill and then they die. It's pretty grim. It is. At the same time, um, some silver linings, I guess. I mean, I quite. If, it, if you could take all that grim stuff and put it to the side, which is a big if, but if you could, without being disrespectful to anyone or anything like that, I quite like the quiet. You yeah. know, when it when it first started, uh, I quite like the limited options of what you were allowed to do and the enforced sort of uh, time to think about things and do things slowly. That was yeah. the one bonus, I guess. It was a good time to kind of reflect on stuff, um, whether it was kind of how we were feeling, how we were doing, or for the for everybody really, it was the pace with which we kind of approached life. And um, I mean, obviously, some folks kind of utilized the time in a way of like buying, going crazy and buying hot tubs and loads of Prosecco or fighting over loo rolls, which is crazy really, isn't it? When we're, when you think about it, everyone's going absolutely nuts for loo roll. I mean, there's, and pasta and flour and it's, it's like, it's insanity really. Everyone turned into overnight bakers and, and all sorts. And, but it was also the fact that, people were running themselves into the ground for so long and we were had this enforced stop or pause period if you will when we kind of take our foot off the pedal and just enjoy and appreciate and actually get out and see what is around us which we take for granted and I mean I live in Sheffield now I used to live in Cumbria by the way so we'll get onto that in a bit um and we're like right on the edge of well, the Peak District is next to us. Obviously, you've got the Lake District in Cumbria. But you're are you in Isle of Scilly? Is that where you? No, are? no, no. That's my brother. My brother's on the Isle of Skye. Yeah. And I'm in Vaness. And I'm down in Brighton. 
Oh, okay. So, well, that's, I mean, you buy the sea, aren't you? I mean, but like, it was a time when people would get out and they'd actually go out into the peaks and go walking and all of that kind of stuff. And it's, it's one of those things that people always did it anyways, but then the numbers have just driven up and loads of people are getting out and doing stuff and going camping because they couldn't go overseas and things like that. It was um, such a, a weird shift in people's priorities in a variety of different ways. Um, I guess uh, creatively, because obviously you released this album in February. Um, did you re- were you re- you were recording that then during the pandemic? Yes, before, during, um, well, I was going to say I almost said after, but that's, <laughs> that's what, what we thought was after. Yeah. yeah, we were recording through the toilet roll mass psychosis. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's just weird. I mean, that that bit of it reminded me. I don't know if you've ever read any uh, J.G. Ballard books, but his later ones were pretty good. The High Rise and the ones where it's like weird groups of little people would like take over a shopping mall and form like this little just go mental in there basically, and um, sort of kill each other. <laughs> Reminded me of that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And then they're not working so much as like being French or something, isn't it? You know, long lunch breaks and weekends and Fridays off or something. Actually drinking a coffee or a drink and actually, or eating and actually taking the time to taste and just ruminate on what's going on around you. I, I thought that was really nice and I'm I'm quite hesitant to rush back headfold into like headlong into a world whereby everything's like go 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 and i say this is someone who also lived in london for a while where you kind of go into like storming mode where you stomp everywhere at pace um, mm. whether you're kind of working in routine with the tube or you just Have trying you to, managed get... to uh, maintain that a bit then what the the storming around or just being no no the, the lack of storming around um i'm trying to yeah yeah I'm tr- I'm trying to like um it doesn't mean that like I'm slow in terms of the day-to-day job although others may argue otherwise but I I just think we spend so much time rushing and living to work rather than working to live and that was a really nice way to kind of flip things around at that time if people were furloughed or unfortunately numbers of people lost their work and they will continue to lose their jobs in the coming weeks months and over the next couple of years, P&O ferries, didn't they? They let go 800 people today um, because they needed to save money after asking for a £150 million bailout um, from the, the government. But they did manage to give their um, higher-ups 220 million bonuses last year. So, I mean, they can't be that hard. Or Paul paid £30 million in sponsorship just for um, F1s for the F1 or 130 million for golf but you know they've got to make cuts somewhere so it's the little people isn't it um but that's kind of it's been such a weird time this last 2 years it's it's shown how ruthless a lot of people operate which is again why I'm hesitant to rush things and kind of go OTT with stuff and it was quite nice listening to the music that you guys create whether it was every, everything was forever. I liked um, Apple Music's 
description of the album, by the way. Art really? Rock Explorers. Yeah. yeah, Art Rock Explorers delve into loss, love, and the great outdoors on album eight. Do you think that's an accurate description? I'd say it's pretty good. I mean, it's not too bad, is it? Explorers. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Art Explorers. Yeah. Maybe it's a a reference to um, when he used to tear down all the foliage on stage and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it still happens. Yeah. Old geezer explorers. (laughs) Make, make, managed to make another album. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it, seems, it seems so long ago already. It's weird. It's only just come out. And uh, it just flies by these days, albums, isn't it? They don't have the sort of time span they used to have, lifespan. But, um, Music's quite throwaway, isn't it? With streaming services and social media and so on, everything has a a very limited shelf life in comparison, I think. Yeah, it's not got the vibe, you know. It's so it's it's meant to be something that you get for free on your phone, isn't it? These days. Um, luckily, we've got a lot of good fans who don't feel like that. Otherwise, we'd be in the shit by now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the best thing in the world, would it? But it's that was one of the good things about lockdown as well. It was um, taking because I've always been like a listener of music whatever the genre and and a reader as well an avid reader and um it it was a really nice opportunity to kind of get back to doing all of that kind of stuff and actually listening to albums rather than listen to an album and then do whatever but now actually listening to an album and then unpicking the different layers or just enjoying it for the experience and the journey that it is that was one of the things that i found came out of that this period this weird time that we're in which is now obviously um has been dialed up to the nth degree by our not we wouldn't say friend but the gentleman over in uh, russia and um yeah it's it it's it's nice just to be able to listen to music again and actually go to gigs have you managed to do gigs then since all of this kicked off yeah, I mean, we did. Um, we were quite lucky last year. We got in in a sort of sneaky period between some restrictions and did about a week or two of kind of test run, you know, small venues and stuff. And then we we did another week recently, just when the album came out, a combination of small gigs to practice doing the new songs and doing like record store events. And yeah, it was. It was, you could almost forget everything for a bit. That's what's good about it. Um, I thought it'd be weird, but then you get out there and you start playing or rehearsing and all these old habits and feelings kick back in and you're back in that zone again where you're sort of in that, you're not thinking about what's happening later or tomorrow. You're not really thinking about what used to happen or I don't know things you've got to do and you're just sort of enjoying it with, in a group yeah having a communal big experience it's wonderful yeah because obviously you would have you did um, a bit of the album remotely didn't you before kind of getting back together and we did most of it like that really there was we never actually all got together for the album uh, at one point 
what was it, four of us got together. Yeah. Um, but we're used to that because we've worked on so many different kinds of projects and stuff, and we know each other well enough that you don't really have to be next to each other to almost feel like you know what's going on in, you know, your bandmate's mind at that point. Um, it's probably what makes, yeah, I mean, I do miss some of that sometimes, but, but pretty, you know, I did all my vocals in this room here, you know, okay. just, um, I, I like doing it like that. Just whenever you feel like it, you can pop up, put the microphone on and just have a go and see what happens. And there's no one watching, there's no pressure. There's, you can just see what happens, you know. This is cheap microphone I used. <laughs> but it's a good, um, it's a nice, um, it looks like a nice, quite re relaxing space as well. So it's, you can kind of go up somewhere which is familiar and you don't feel, I guess, the confines of your traditional studio setting. You, It's just all right for you and you can kind of just go in there and do your thing without any worrying about what's going on around, any inadvertent yeah. noise, I guess. But then on the other hand, I've got my wife in her office downstairs <laughs> and I'm doing vocals. And for one thing, when they don't work out, I'm, I swear a lot when I'm doing vocals, like, it's, you know, you forget your lyrics or you miss a bit or whatever. It's just effing and it's like you have just effing and blinding. Not out, not like ferociously, but just sort of like. And then some of the vocals, they have pretty weird noises in them. And like afterwards, she'll just like, I, she'll just, I can hear her laughing. <laughs> so I've I made a note there, ferocious expletives. But um, yeah. it's... It's essential, isn't it? I think in in that in that kind of because you're on the quest for this like level of perfection, I guess, and trying to get something right. So then it's frustrating not hitting it in the right way, which you know you're fully capable of, or that point you're trying to reach, and then you're just like, oh, yeah, and... yeah. It's it's not like um, tantrum stuff. It's more like oh bollocks, you know. Yeah, yeah. substituted bollocks for uh, you know. It's a lesser expletive, isn't it? So yeah, I, I mean to be honest, I'm terrible. Me, it's um, I I swear all the time inadvertently. I, d I don't mean to, and I wouldn't say I'm not articulate. I can use a, a variety of different words in conversation, and then all of a sudden, I'll drop an f bomb uh, or a variety of other choice words which I won't repeat. But um, yeah, just it's. I think sometimes it's quite cathartic, isn't it? Just just letting it out in that way anyway. It's part of your process, I guess. But this was, it's just part of the process. <laughs> <laughs> How did you find the whole um, the writing process? Because I assume that you didn't just write all of the album last year and then, well, or the last two years and then record it then. Uh, there were, being that five-year gap, I would assume that you'd have been creating um, content over that time, but just not fine-tuned. Yeah. I mean, we, we had like two or three of the songs, well, what, two, I don't know, we played some of them in like 2019, because I remember playing them, um, we had a little festival in, uh, in Cumbria, called, where our first ever festival of our own called Crankenhouse. 
um, Western Lake District. And uh, so definitely, yeah, so we had like two or three of them. So, yeah, main songs in there really, but then it was, a, it was more like we had too much to do until we got sort of quite a long way in and Graham Sutton, who um, co-produced it with us, got involved. We couldn't agree what to put on the album and <laughs> stuff like that. Um, so we, we gave him free will and he chose, and then we went with it. You know, it's quite good that kind of just give the decision to someone else. We trust him. We've known him a long time, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes it's nice to have um, someone who, yes, I know is involved in the project, but he's also... He's got a bit of a separation to it in a way, whereas you've poured so much into this that I think sometimes when you're creating something or you're writing something or you've recorded something, sometimes you just need to, you can't really separate yourself from the noise in the head internally. And if you've got so much to choose from and there's an even, there's an even number of members of the group anyway, so it's not like you can kind of just vote and then say, oh, yeah. you might just hit the same number each time and then sometimes you just need someone who can kind of go I'm aware of what this is I know what you're kind of what you're going for how about this and then it's I mean that's the failings of uh, democracy it's good in the world and countries and governments but for for music <laughs> it's not always the best thing three all votes well you say that but it's not really yeah, good yeah. in the world either is it at the minute so <laughs> well, I know but it's it's maybe the better not very good alternative. Yeah, it's in theory it should be. There aren't there aren't many like really kind, benevolent dictators. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often in history, does it? Really? I'm trying to think of someone who'd be classed as um, a dictator, uh, and that you could even apply the word benevolent to them. Um, yeah. Or not even dictator, but even a leader or anything like that. I just. I don't know. I think the closest person I could think of who I think's actually done a decent job in recent years would probably be the New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Dardenu. She I thought you were going to say Gary Lineker. Oh, Gary. Well, Gary Lineker did. He he, ho, he kind of rehomed a refugee, didn't he? So I mean, he he worked on his his um points there, didn't he? Um, but then we 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 can't really champion Gary Lineker too much because then you'll get the defund the BBC folks breathing down your neck and that's the last thing you need after get omitting British from the band name so um... yeah. <laughs> but yeah I think it's yeah it's it's been a weird weird old time in terms of people just get offended by almost everything and take umbrage at almost everything but then it's the same people take umbrage at almost everything angry at terms like woke and stuff like that so it's it's been quite an interesting old time are you a fan of Gary Lineker then? he seems nice <laughs> just... you know what can you say? <laughs> yeah, like, like, I was trying to think of someone who, who, who might not turn out I mean I don't know if there was a benevolent dictator he's likely to get overthrown isn't he so um I was just thinking of someone who's nice, who's got leadership qualities. <laughs> yeah, who just seems somewhat moderate and normal, but just happens to be quite successful in his field and doesn't seem too much of a pain in the backside with it at the same time. 
It's always nice, isn't it? So it's hard to do. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. I mean, I envy his bank account, but I don't envy the the noise that he gets to see on social media and things like that. So we've got this album. Everything was forever. Um, why the name? Everything was forever. Why did? Why did you decide on that one? Yeah. Well, um, the name was. We were struggling to find a name for the album, which six people could vote on, and uh, it ended up. There's a there's a line in one of my brother's songs that he wrote with Martin called "Folly," and it's "Everything was forever until it was no more." And I I really like that line, um, but I didn't know. I didn't at that point know where it had come from. And it, it comes from a book which is about um, the end of the Soviet Union. How apt, eh? Yeah, it's like Gorbachev and stuff. And um, it's a really good book. And it, it, it's kind of about that, but in a way, you know, you could take that thinking and apply it to the end of other things um, that you thought would last forever or keep going Um yeah, political or personal or otherwise. Um, so the fact that it was from a really good book and it had an interesting backstory added to it, but really it was the phrase which I really liked. So I kind of suggested we steal his line and use it for the album, which use yeah. half of it. It's kind of like, um, has like a hopeful air to it, doesn't it? I think that depends. I think that's maybe that's just you. Yeah. <laughs> Hopeful person. I think it depends how you take it. I mean, it does. Yeah. You you can't like deconstruct everything though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's difficult. I mean, it's open. It's open to interpretation, and I think this album for us was more open to interpretation, which is partly why we needed a less specific and open name, probably. To go with that kind of feeling because it's 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 a, bit, it's a bit more emotional and it's I got fed up of telling people what my songs were about. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's it's the inevitable thing that comes with releasing any new material, isn't it? And people say, and I do. It's like, what's the thinking behind this? But the reason I ask that is because I just didn't have a clue. Not because I'm going, yeah, but I want to know the deeper meanings and all of that kind of stuff. It's like, I'm just really, just genuinely curious. Um, I, I listened to the um, the first single off the album, Two Fingers, which has been written about a fair bit. And the I saw the reference made to um, your, it was your father, wasn't it? Uh, mm. We drank the two fingers as a toast. Yeah, I, my condolences, by the way, on behalf of um, of, of both your parents. Really, that's um, tough. But um, the two fingers bit, I remember that because that was the two fingers toast was something that was told to me when I was younger, and even when I was at university, we used to do the two fingers as a toast at first on the really? pints. Yeah, and. Oh, I thought it was only for um, spirits. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, we kind of you kind of move on to it's student, obviously a student interpretation, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it would be like when you were having to do um, 
forfeits with drinks. Say you you played a football game and um, you've got I don't know you committed a foul or you gave away a goal, and or we were playing the post football drinking games as they do in these societies because you have to go along with it to fit in with the club. And it'd be like, right, if you did this, two fingers, and you'd be doing two fingers all the way, making your way down the drink. But then also there's the the kind of the other elements of it, aren't they? In the lines like two fingers for the dead, two fingers for the living, two fingers for the world that we all live in. Um, and I think that song, you could put that song almost like any time in, in recent history, and it would have a a relevance to somebody in some different way and I thought that was that was a really neat thing and I didn't realize it was actually the first single off the album until well after I'd listened to the song I'd listened to it and then I was like oh I should I should probably do some background and figure out a bit more about sea power and stuff like that and I saw that and I was like ah okay and it's um it does apply to things like the um the pandemic but um i mean for me i kind of i don't know for something it, it just like evoked the song as a whole was just like quite evocative in a in an emotional way but not in a negative emotional just kind of like it was almost like you'd kind of had a hand on your chest and it was being depressed and then you listen to that and it's like taken away as you're kind of going along with it it's like a riposte to the world a riposte to where you're feeling a riposte to whatever you choose it to be and that was good and that was quite nice about it so yeah it's um yeah it was quite cool in that way yeah it's nice to hear that and it's interesting to see what you know people take from things um yeah i just thought you were flagging people off at first when i first saw the uh, the title and i was like all oh, right what's this gonna be but uh <laughs> it, it it can be what you yeah. take from it, i guess can't it yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's a t- two-sided, dubious song. <laughs> yeah, but those are the yeah. best ones, aren't they? Because it can apply to wherever you're at in that moment and to the listener and, I mean, to yourselves. It has a completely different meaning entirely, which it's up to you to choose to share that element, I guess. Um. So... This tour that you're doing now, you'll be at the Lead Mill in Sheffield on the 21st of April, right? I mean, you won't, you, won't, you won't remember all the tour dates because I... How, is it quite a lengthy tour? Because I was only told the dates that you're doing in Sheffield, so... No, it's... Um, it's, fair, it's, what, it's, it's about a week. It's about eight days um, spread over... Yeah, a bit longer than that. There's a break in the middle. But um, yeah, twenty first. I just had a check. It's the first time I've ever thought of doing that is um, having a window of live dates up <laughs> when I'm actually in an interview. <laughs> That's how yeah. professional I am. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, who, who cares about the others? It's Sheffield that counts, isn't it? You know. Yeah. What was that? Sorry. My manager lives in Sheffield. Oh, really? Have you, have you been yeah. here much then? Well, over the years, a few times, yeah. Um, I can't remember how many. Yeah, quite a few. Well, yeah, it's been 22 years, hasn't it? You know, with ourselves or 
supporting people in the early days and stuff like that, yeah. And then, obviously, you'll be headlining this time. Um, so, yeah, that'll be good. It'll be nice, actually, being at the lead mill because it's it's been a weird old time. I was supposed to go and see um, We Are Scientists there back in yeah. January, I think. And um, it was it was cancelled um, because of co- that one of the the guys in the group got COVID, so they had to kind of cancel it. And that's been the weird thing with kind of coming back to this. I wouldn't say normal, but this newer form of normal, supposed normal, however you want to term it, going to gigs again, which has been absolutely lovely, seeing a variety of different shows in different rooms and different scales. Um, but then you kind of then you brought back to reality again once you realise that things actually still getting cancelled again and stuff like that. So it's just been a, a a weird one. One week you go into a gig and then you've got to all wear masks, and then the next time you go, no one has to wear anything, and it's a free for all, and it's all hot and sweaty, which is glorious in its weird way, because it's as we remember. Um, but. Yeah, it'll be it'll be nice when you're back in Sheffield. Um, I'm gonna try and come down because it'll be the week after my birthday, Thursday, I think it is. So should be a decent one. And you got to number five, didn't you, with the um, album in um, beginning of this month? Number four, actually. <laughs> is it number four in the? Oh, it was number five yeah. on the first of March, but number four. Yeah, well, let. Whoop, whoop. I've, been, I've, been, I've been told number four. I'm going to stick to that. I mean, uh, if you've got to number four... <laughs> no, 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 I don't really care. You know, yeah. It's funny. It's a, it's a fun game, whatever, for a week and stuff. But, it. I mean, you look at the charts, they're ridiculous, aren't they? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, they are. It's if a... you're going to like um, value yourself and your worth... <laughs> either as an artist or a human being on whether or not you can creep closer to Ed Sheeran. I don't know. I don't know if that's a thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> or if I... you can hold off the... Um... Oh, fuck, what are they called? The um, Northern Rapper Gang. Um, they had a funny name. I've forgotten it already. I quite oh, like them. Lad Baby. No, they were like... They were number... Two or three or something. Um, the something crew, the chiller crew, bad boy chiller crew. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh man. Like without being horrible or anything in any way, I couldn't. I, like if somebody played me a song, I wouldn't actually be able to tell you it was them. And yeah. I don't mean that in a horrible way. I listen to a lot of music. I just haven't listened to it, and I don't really listen to chart stuff. I kind of just pick through things and try yeah. and discover things without being prompted by an algorithm most of the time. Yeah, I mean, who, who's, I don't know anyone who listen, who would think, oh, I'm going to listen to them because they were top five in the charts. Yeah. <laughs> was, you know, it doesn't mean anything, does it? So. it? It doesn't really. It's kind of lost all relevance, but increasingly quickly, hasn't it? And I kind of missed the days when I used to troll through magazines, music magazines, and kind of just pick out names and little tidbits of lyrics that I liked and then go, right, I need to... I've I've seen this and this looks interesting, so I'm going to go and get that CD from the, the record shop um, and then give it a listen. 
And that's how I used to like discover quite a lot of random stuff back in the day, just picking through music magazines and um, doing it that. And then, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I'm, I, I do subscribe to a streaming service um, because it's what everybody does now, isn't it? It's an easy way of listening. I, I can have a conversation with someone and immediately pull it up and listen. But when I do like things, I do buy them still I, th- I just think it's imp- or even if I don't buy the album what I do if I go and see the band I'll go and buy some of the merchandise or buy a copy of the CD off them there at the gig because they actually get more from it don't they so it's yeah I think I think a lot of for a lot of musical performers it's turned into that gig economy where they don't really get much money from the albums so much and especially from the streaming side they don't and it's the merchandise and the live performances and the, I would say, the their fans, but then also people that are just quite curious about what they'd be like and going there and discovering something new. I think that's where the biggest value is now with a lot of music and music discovery. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. I wait, I wait for friends to tell me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They say, "Oh, listen, I, my friend and I, we have this just back and forth, and we'll just send each other like random songs that we've listened to. I'm like, I, I heard this, and this is amazing. Or listen to this song from like a minute and a half in, and just, or actually listen to it, but then a minute and a half in, just let me know what you think at this point. And I like, I like to do that. It's, it's quite a nice back and forth rather than going, all right, pal, how's it going? Fancy a pint." And we can kind of just discuss those things, and it, it's just a nice way of kind of just enjoying those little snapshots of stuff with together. But um, I'll I'll move off of that quickly. I'm going to let you go in a moment, anyways. But I know that you're from you're from Kendall, right? Well, almost. Yeah, Nutland is a small village outside Kendall. Yeah, I used to drive down to Kendall every day for work. I lived um, on the west coast of Cumbria, just outside Whitehaven like seven years and um i used to work down in ambleside managed a restaurant there for a while at one point so it's, a, it's an interesting place it's great and then i worked down in kendall for like three years between there and, and birmingham but i was in kendall most of the time it's a beautiful place isn't it yeah it's, it's amazing uh yeah i miss it sometimes as a kid it was bit boring but as you get old you forget that bit and you just remember how beautiful it is and uh it's amazing yeah it's a wonderful place wonderful part of the world yeah like you say the pace i found that very difficult myself when i lived up there because i'm a city boy so kind of being up there i appreciate it i loved the fact that where i lived it would be 10 minutes one direction I'd be in the fells but then 10 minutes in the other direction I'd be at like at the sea at like St. Bees or something and that was always really nice um, that, was, that was great but then when it came to actually wanting to do anything else like maybe going for a night out you're looking at I'd have to drive off to like Carlisle or something like that so it was always um, and that was like the closest place to go and that's it's yeah it's not the same as being in a, a bigger city so I kind of missed that, um, but in terms of just having the greenery and all of that stuff, it was it was was quite beautiful actually, and um, I do miss that side of it. But yeah, you kind of 
How do you find it living in Brighton in comparison to Cumbria? I'm just thinking about nights out in Kendall. Um, yeah, there were some good evenings at the John Boss Social Club. Oh, yeah. Kendall's, Kendall's a, a, it's very different to being in a city for a night out, but it's um, you can always have a good night out with the people that you're with, wherever you are, and there's quite a few late nights there. I'm I'm surprised that like in such a small place really in comparison to other places I've lived, how we managed to stay out to like four and five in the morning there when like, I, I can't really fathom how that worked out. Um but always, yeah. away. always oh, away. Always. But thank you. This is this has been um, fun. I've enjoyed our chat. Um and I'm gonna let you go. Uh, cheers Chris. It's been no a worries, pleasure. Yeah. It's yeah, it's great. Thank you. I'll um, I'll hopefully be down to see the gig, anyways. But I wish you the best with the the tour, and all the best with the rest of the with the rest of the album. Let's um get beat that. Was it Bad Boy Chiller Crew? Well, I don't want to. I'm not in I a know. I know. I'm joking. And also, it, also, they look they look tougher than me. Do you know I don't what? want. I don't want really beef nice. with them. You know what? I don't want no drama. <laughs> They've just they to be fair, like to them, they announced this like really awesome scheme recently where um they were encouraging people to like um and and they've been like donating to like food banks up and down the country and stuff like that and kind of getting involved, actively getting involved, and then it was picked up on by the press after they'd started doing it. So it's nice to see like regardless of any thoughts about charts and all of that rubbish it's it's just nice to see people that are in a position that actually just give back without going this is what we're doing hey and stuff like that so yeah good, good lads aren't they that's what it's about exactly but yeah this has been a pleasure thank you so much for your time and hopefully I'll catch up with you further down the line nice one yeah see you in Sheffield yeah will do when you um, and have your best gig of the lot there won't you so no pressure Cheers, Chris. Thank Take you very care. much. Bye now. And in case you missed it during any point of our conversation today, Sea Power will be headlining the Lead Mill in Sheffield on April the 21st. You can still buy tickets by just going online to the Lead Mill and buying a ticket there. And that is that. I'd like to thank Jan for taking the time to speak to us about Sea Power, formerly British Sea Power, about all sorts of things from music and familial loss to finding themselves musically and also our kind of respective admiration for Gary Lineker amusingly before we go though I'd like to finish with an excerpt from the song Transmitter it's a bit of a soaring Echo and the Bunnymen style anthem where Jan clearly is most lost angrily contemplates another day another age I thought that we were all in this together it's definitely and undoubtedly a song that's been written for not just this moment, but it's one that I think we could all resonate with. So, to take it out, here's Transmitter. Transmitter.